to this week's edition of Art Things Considered, where we consider art. My name is Matthew Slaza. I'm Isabella Pico. I'm Sabrina Braga. And I'm Nico Williams. And this week we've got a packed show for you. I'm going to warn you, it may run a little bit long because we have so many cool things to talk about and because we have a problem with not talking about things we like too long. Yeah. Just being honest. (laughs) Um, And we have a really awesome interview for you later, so of course that adds some time. But I promise that if you make it through, it will be worthwhile. And that is starting with... A hopefully a little bit shorter than usual Broadway beat. Hit them with it. Yeah, not a lot to talk about this week, guys. We're just going to fly through it real fast. Uh, three really big things. Number one, Sarah Borales is officially joining the waitress cast. <sighs> I was so yes. mad. Yes. Well, oh, because I, cause I can't, I'll never be able to go yeah. in this time frame. Oh, God, no. It's Oh, she's going to be, let me see. It was Jesse Mueller, Mueller, sorry, mm-hmm. will be doing her last performance March 26th, and then Sarah will be on the show until June 11th, which is the day after my birthday, so if anyone out there <laughs> wants to get me some tickets for a birthday gift, you are more than welcome to, okay? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I literally priced out how much it would be for me to take Sam and I, because she's such a huge fan of Sarah Bareilles, and I was just like, oh my God, because between flights <laughs> and the tickets, just for the show, just to go and only do that, it's such a ridiculous amount of money to spend it's crazy well speaking of money though after the first day it was announced that she was going to be in the show they had their highest ticket sales it was 1.2 million in one day people went and bought tickets i mean yeah it's crazy that's the whole i mean to be honest with you inside baseball guaranteed that's the reason she's doing it oh yeah because the show hasn't been doing super well ticket wise they've been running a lot of specials and it's just like an american idiot when billy joe armstrong came and played you know uh St. Jimmy for a while, and it boosted tons of tickets because of star power. I guarantee it's the same thing. Well, speaking of money and making money and that type of thing, I actually read when I was going through all the news and information of her joining the show that Waitress was recouped its $12 million investment in less than 10 months when it first started. And it was the only show besides Hamilton, the 2015-2016 season, <laughs> to make its profit back, which is crazy. Well, so far. So far, yeah. Yeah, so far. I think Hamilton has uh, more than made just, its just, money back. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm a little worried about that show. I don't know if it's going to make a profit. I don't know, man. I could see it like within the next like couple months just uh, really just like disappearing, yeah. you know? No yeah. one will um, talk about oh, it. Oh, and other news, uh, I think they've erected a Hamilton sign permanently in front of the theater. Really? Uh, unrelated wow. to the show. Cl- no. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> that show's going to run for like 20 years. Yeah, they probably. have Alexander Hamilton's grave <laughs> in yeah. Wall Street. Which is I walked cool. past by it and I was like, oh my God, this is weird. I wasn't I mean, looking for this. I wasn't looking for it at all. <laughs> like, oh, it's just, just, just hanging out there. Just hanging out there. <laughs> like, just like know. he was, though. But, yeah. yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no. Uh, getting back to Waitress, I really do think, as much as I love Sarah Bareilles, I think this is a very big, like, let's try and keep the show alive type move. Yeah. Because even though it sold really well at the beginning and, and, and they kept costs low so they could recoup a lot faster, I'm worried it's going to close in the next six months unless this, this like, boost works, you know? This is probably going to boost it a lot. Well, well you know, it's already boosted at $1.2 So, <laughs> Which is nothing that, to sneeze at, to be got, fair. Yeah, no, they've got that going. But uh, next topic of information, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the Beauty and the Beast clips. A bunch of the ones have been released already for like a snippet of Belle got yeah, released. Yeah, now I feel like I've seen the whole movie. No, no, really? no, no, no. Yeah. Quiet. No, 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 no. I haven't watched the clips yet. Okay. I guess I missed them. Um, Belle, Don't ruin them. A little bit of a clip of for Belle <laughs> no, no, came no. out. Spoiler and alert. And then a little clip for Gaston came out. But Gaston was Gaston's like Gaston's in it. It's ruined. No, no, no. I think, Gaston was like smaller than small. Like it wasn't even like a 
I God, it wasn't even like a full minute. I'm pretty sure, but it's great because you can see like Josh Gad and Luke Evans and their awesome bromance chemistry Aww. for evil dudes they have together. It's Speaking fantastic. of Josh Gad, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but he's been trying to get information out of Daisy, Daisy. Ridley. Yes, and he it- dragged Chris Pratt and a bunch of them into it too. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about it too much, but I just think that anybody listening should go watch that immediately because yeah. it's one of the most entertaining I don't know threads. Oh, look it up. Um, There's like four videos of him trying to get spoilers for Star yeah. Wars from. Daisy you Ridley. can I know for a fact you can go to his either his Instagram or Chris Pratt because Chris Pratt and went and reposted all of them oh. so he could put on his video that he's in with it too. So it's really funny. He's like he, funny. he asks her questions. He's like, is Finn paralyzed from the waist down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but genuinely, uh, if you look it up, definitely worth watching. It's great. But getting it's back to Beauty and the Beast, I'll I'll check out the clips. Maybe. Yes, definitely check them out. It made me really pumped for the movie because number one, Emma is flawless as usual. But it was really cool because. So they really kept to the original score because Alan Menken is helping with it, but it's not with, um, who is it, Howard, no, Howard Ashman? Yeah, Howard Ashman yeah. was the one who did it with him originally, but alas, he's dead. So um, Tim Rice alas. is the oh. one. <laughs> so oh. Tim Rice is the one helping him with it now, but because they're like doing the live action movie, when you listen to the clip for Bell, it's not... The original score is there and you can hear it, but they change it just a tad. And then instead of being like very vague, like Belle's talking to, you know, the little baker man, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever. But they get kind of more detailed with the conversation. Like she's like, oh, have you lost something, monsieur? Like, you know, in his name. And then he's like, oh, no, I haven't. And he's like, where are you off to? And she says, like, the guy's actual name who owns the bookshop. And she says, like, she's reading a story about two lovers and Verona. And like, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just nice because they get more, there's more detail and more realistic more live action than the animated movie where it's kind of like, oh, I'm just going to the bookstop, you know, bookstop. No, I get you. It's, it's more like yeah. entrenching it in the yeah. real world. Yeah, and obviously some of the lines have been given to different people. Like a couple little kids are singing in the song now instead Yay. of like it all being adults. And <laughs> it's, all, it's just watch it. Go watch it. It was really worth it. Emma was amazing. And the guest on clip is looking fantastic too. Luke Evans, Josh Gad, like I said, amazing singers, awesome bromance. All right. Good Anything else for around. us this week? Um, Yeah. Dear Evan Hansen <laughs> is in the top 20 for the Billboard 200 albums chart. Which is really, really impressive. For a musical, it's nuts, yeah. Yeah, because in it's that show and Hamilton are both on the Billboard charts right now. This is the first time in 52 years that two Broadway cast albums are both in the top 20. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's insane. Doctor, uh, no, Doctor, shoot. I keep saying Doctor because I I look at my notes and it's like Dr. Evan Hansen. No, it's Dia Evan Hansen um, Uh is sitting at number eight and Hamilton is sitting at number 13. You know what's kind of crazy is when I saw Dear Evan Hansen, I was like, wow. Two years in a row, Broadway brought crossover hits, huh? Yeah. Because this thing is going to blow up like crazy. And it's already blowing up slowly. Like, the album hasn't even technically released. Like, the physical album releases this Friday. Oh, wow. And it's already in the top 20. People are already talking for about pre-orders, it. pre-orders, right? Yeah, well, or okay. How does that work? Um, it's I'll, from I'll break it down for you digital, real quick. Digital was released on the Yeah, third. so the Billboard 200 ranks the week's most popular albums based on their overall consumption. So the overall unit figure combines um, pure album sales, its track equivalent albums, and streaming equivalent albums. So for Dear Evan Hansen, they've already sold 29,000 equivalent album units. Um, and that was for the end of February 
9th for that week. Now, just to like... Which was the first week it was released digitally before any sort of buzz happened about the digital release and before, which it's not coming out till Friday, the digital or the real physical copy comes out. Yeah. Oh. And just like for comparison, Hamilton gets about 25000 per week. Yeah, but it's oh, Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, but it's Hamilton. But just to show you that, you know, dear, dear Evan Hansen's been, you just said it's only been out, what, a week, give or take? I would not be shocked based on the couple songs that feel really poppy if it got really popular really fast. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, that's about it. The last time that this happened where it was two Broadway albums was with Hello Dolly and Fiddler on the Roof. Wow. Throwback. Hello yeah. Dolly. Yeah. And then these, um, Hamilton and Dear wow. Evan Hansen's are two of four Broadway cast albums to ever crack the top 10. Crack. Yeah. Crack. <laughs> two of four in the last two years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? The other ones were Hair and Book of Mormon. Oh, uh, yeah. Book guys. of Mormon was Hair. up there for a while. Yeah. But that's it. I think, though, I really want to listen to the album now because for it to move that fast up that quickly. I can't believe you haven't listened to it yet. I just haven't gotten around to it, honestly. Uh, I do have to admit, having seen the show, that the album... The show's not that clear from the album because it's only like 14 songs and the show is two hours and the album's an hour. I think okay. it's two hours plus right. for the show. But I mean, like, the, the, the story's kind of clear. It's just you lose a lot of the nuance and, and the story in there. Um, the overall plot's still there. But the songs are so good. They're so catchy and they're just so fun. I've been listening to it nonstop. Uh, I shouldn't say nonstop. Ha-ha, consistently. Non-stop. Get it. Uh, I got it. They've been, li- I've been I listening don't get to it. it. Uh, it's, it's a Hamilton song. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Continue, please. <laughs> uh, oh, you're good. Uh, just more as a shout out to the listeners. If you can't afford to buy it, it's on Spotify and Apple Music. So if you use either of those, Spotify is completely free. Um, Apple Music costs per month, but I, I have a student discount, as hopefully most of you do. So it's only like five bucks per month, and you can listen to as much music as you want. I pay for a Spotify premium because it just increases the quality of my life True. so much. <laughs> Shameless plug in for They're both Apple solid. Music and yeah, Spotify. They're both solid. Uh, I just so, picked Apple uh, Music. Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Is this your shameless plea for some sponsorship? <laughs> Let's go ahead and get some of those some of those uh some of those benefits rolling our way. Yeah. <laughs> I will take Fifty uh, percent off uh, any of the least selling albums on iTunes. The least. I, I, you know what? I'm not picky. I will listen to music. I would like some some cheap music. Yeah, just some good, just some good cartoon <laughs> jams. Be like, well, no. I will I take forget. Yacht Rock for <laughs> for zero dollars. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so that was Broadway Beat, as Isabella so eloquently put it. But we're moving into local theater. We actually had an interview this week with Afshin Masagi, and he was the director of the Florida Players production of MF with a Hat. Yes, indeed, MF with a Hat. And that opens this weekend at the Squatari Theater in the, it's a black box theater, in the Phillips Center. And, of course, I reiterate this several times during the interview, but I'll go ahead and toss it over to them. It was a pleasure interviewing him. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's local theater segment. We have an interview this week. Get excited. It is with the director of the Florida Players production of MF with a Hat, that opens this weekend, February 24th through 26th. They're going to have five shows as usual, a Friday night show, a Saturday night show, and a Sunday night show. And then, of course, the Saturday and Sunday matinees. And this time, it's going to be at the Squatary Black Box Theater in the Phillips Center. If you have any questions of how to get there, Google helps you so well. Let me let me just say, there have been many a time that I have not been able to find a theater in Gainesville, and Google has never let me down. But with that said, we're going to go ahead and bring in the director, Afshin Mizagi. Who's going to talk about the production? How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Doing good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a stressful week. It's been a, sp- <laughs> a few stressful last few weeks, but uh, 
I'm really excited. I'm really, really, really excited uh, that in a few days we'll be opening up. So Yeah, I mean, it's Hell Week, right? Because you guys have to go through everything and do yeah. dress rehearsals. Yeah, it's Hell Week. It's Tech Week right now, um, which, uh, you know, for the, in the world of theater is like the worst week ever. But it's also <laughs> like the funnest week ever. It's like the most fun you won't you don't want to have again. Um, it's like when everything comes together, you get your set together. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the designers who you've been meeting separately get to meet the cast. Um, and like all the world of, uh, acting and the world of production come together and they put on this beautiful, uh, performance that you guys are going to see, um, you know, the 24th through 26th. So yeah, it's, it's a really exciting week, but it's a really, really stressful week because we have long hours, long days. And not to mention we're all, we're all students here. I'm a graduate <laughs> yeah. student, you know, all the actors and production teams are all students. So not only do they have their normal classes, normal projects, but now they're doing this extra stuff. So yeah, it's a lot, but, um, yeah, really excited stuff. Really, really excited for the show. Yeah, I completely feel you on uh, on Hell Week because it's kind of interesting. It's the one thing that I feel like people don't get to appreciate as much when we're in the higher positions because it's like, as the director, you're sitting there and seeing everything you've been working on separately come together and be like, oh, wow, that's a nice moment. So you get those wow moments, but you're also stressed trying to make the whole show come together. So like, there's the side of like, oh, it's all coming together, but there's also the side of let's get this together. No, let's make sure this works. Yeah. And you're kind of sitting there as a little bit of panic sometimes. Right, and right. It's always, it's always funny. Cause when I look back at it, anytime I talk to a director after the show, they're like, man, that was really cool. How everything like actually worked out and everyone loved the show. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes take a step back this week, take a step back and enjoy it. Cause yeah. I always feel like people don't get to. No, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, I've never, I've not directed too many shows before, but I have directed shows. And, um, you know, when I, when I was directing other shows, uh, I've had shorter tech weeks so I've, and I had bigger sets. So I know it, it can happen. It can easily happen. And it's definitely going to happen. But like right now, you know, you, or you watch like literally the minutes on the clock happening, like we got to, you know, like <laughs> I, we got to do this by this time and this by this time uh, for, for us to be on schedule. But the show goes on and this show will go on beautifully. And I'm super excited to see what happens. So. Yeah. And uh, would you mind giving us a little rundown of the show itself so that yeah. people have an idea of what they're going to see? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, the show um, with the hat uh, is written by Stephen Adley Gurgis, who's a great playwright. He writes uh, lots of plays. He's still living. Um, you know, uh, writes a new play every so many years. That is absolutely uh, breathtaking. He just won a Pulitzer Prize for a, a play he just wrote uh, in 2016. Uh, but this play uh, kind of follows the life and times of a few characters, uh, namely Jackie. Um, Jackie is a uh, recovering alcoholic living in New York city who is, uh, whose girlfriend is, um, Veronica, uh, a still current alcoholic drug addict living in New York city. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see their relationship. And, uh, he has a sponsor, uh, by the name of Ralph D who is, you know, who is also a recovering, uh, recovering alcoholic and his wife, uh, Victoria is a recovering alcoholic as well. So, you know, they get into these interesting conversations about addiction and living an urban lifestyle and living with addicts and uh, recovering addicts. Um, And a whole love triangle ensues (laughs) with everybody, as you can imagine. Um, But, uh, you know, the the show is really a love story. Um, Like, I believe a lot of shows are. I have that weird artistic vision that, like, (laughs) all shows, no matter what, like, Transformers is about love. You know, so I have this weird thing that, like, all things are really rooted in, like, a love story. But uh, this one's uh, really about how love and hate are very, very similar emotions and how um, 
uh, if you think of it like on like a, a, a linear thing, uh, most people think that love and hate are on opposite sides of a line, and in the middle is indifference. But in reality, in how I kind of uh, kind of the artistic vision for this uh, production has been that love and hate, uh, it's more of a circle, and love and hate are on one side of the circle, and the direct opposite is indifference. So love and hate are very similar, if not the same emotions, and the exact opposite is indifference. So we've kind of, we've kind of been messing around with that idea in our both our production and our uh, actor preparedness. So, uh, yeah, I hope that that comes across to the audience, and I think that that's something that, no matter what our backgrounds are, we can kind of relate to that. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and assume a lot of our our, 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 our viewers who are going to come see the show, those living in Gainesville, those who attend the University of Florida, uh, won't have had those issues like living in urban New York or, um, you know, addicted <laughs> to cocaine or whatever it might be. But Ho- hopefully not. Hopefully not, yeah. Let's, let's cross our fingers. But uh, um, I still think that, you know, at the end of, at, at the end of the day, we will, anybody can relate to these characters. So I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, hear the response of the average person coming to see the show be like, Oh wow. Like, although we're totally different, I I kind of understand what this person was going through. So, yeah, one of the best things, uh, it's hard as a director sometimes, but one of the best things to hear is the audience feedback from a show Mm -hmm. and how they have a completely different perspective than you. You can sometimes see, Oh man, I wish I had known that, but usually it's more of a, I never would have thought of that story identifying with that story, you know, because right. everyone brings in as an audience their own perspective and, and their own stories, which is really the best part of theater in mm-hmm. the end is the different ways it can be interpreted and the different ways people can think of it. But I, I've seen a, a number of shows that involve some sort of substance abuse. And I can tell you, I've never personally had a battle with that, but all of those stories apply to other internal struggles. Right. And you can see the steps that are in common. You can go, wow, I never would have thought of that person's struggle being similar to my struggle with something so drastically different. And then, of course, what you were saying about love and hate, I think everyone has been in a relationship where that line's a little bit wonky and you can't you can't understand it and you're trying to sit there and figure it out. And I love the fact that you didn't look at it as polar opposites, that mm-hmm. you looked at it as more of this intertwined thing, you know? Yeah. Um, no, definitely. It's And it's... It's hard sometimes. I think as human beings, we want to like we want to separate emotions and we want to have these clear cut. Okay, this makes me happy. This thing makes me sad. Mm-hmm. But I think that ultimately, when you study psychology or you study like just yourself and you think about it, like you think of yourself as just a, you know a very complicated human being. One thing I read recently was like uh, our emotions are so complicated that we can love somebody and not want to talk to them ever. Yeah, you know, and that's a very complicated thing. Like, how does that work? And I, I and weirdly that I've I've experienced that right now. Like, there's people that I love, and I'm just like I don't want to speak to that person uh, regularly, at least. So uh, it's an interesting thing. But uh, kind of going back to what you were saying about how people uh, kind of interpretive things differently. That's like one of my favorite parts about theater and generally the arts is how people can interpret things. And uh, you know, it, for example, the, one of the most famous plays ever written. Uh, at least in the theater world, is uh, Breck's Mother Courage. And everybody writes about how Mother Courage is this great war classic hero, or uh, war classic play, like it's a, you know, mm-hmm. the you know it's the most important play in the world of war, or whatever, the topic of war. But uh, I think it's a, more about poverty. It's a huge commentary on poverty than anything else. Uh, so, you know, so I, I think that a lot of people that have read this play, or who are going to see this play, um, I hope people walk away with different things. I mean, I hope none of them are negative or hope of them don't make them think or something. I hope it's like, oh, that was okay or, oh, I hated that. I mean, if people hate that, then that's also a fun part about theater. Some people don't like it. You know, some people, um, as a as a TEA in the theater, you know, appreciation class, I read a lot of people 
writing their response papers. I know they're probably just trying to get through the paper, but it's interesting to see how a lot of people hate certain aspects and like uh, like the same aspects and vice versa. So, um, And getting on that, it's kind of interesting to me because I've, I've seen a fair number of plays because I love theater so much. Right. But I can tell you there are times in, in theater and in, in movies and anything artistic where you have a moment where you might hate something, but you love that you hate it, mm. or you have a moment where you love something, but you hate that you're loving it. Right. And that's where that comes in the emotional spectrum in theater is like you can have a character that you thought you hated the entire time go through something and suddenly you have a switch. And that's one of the most powerful parts of art is when you can put somebody in that perspective as the director particularly mm-hmm. and switch it on them and right. make them realize and think differently and feel things they didn't expect. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that I will be I think this production or my job would have been a success if people come out of that play, if people come out of the the shows either this Friday night, Saturday during the day, Saturday night, Sunday during the day, or Sunday night, um, <laughs> all five shows, all yes. five shows. If, please come see all five shows. Uh, um, either hating it or loving it, because I think that's like it, it's exciting. You know, like it, I invoked an emotion, or the actors invoked an emotion, or the designers invoked some kind of emotion. I think that's why um, I don't like watching TV shows that like a lot of people like because it's like okay that was just kind of like a fluff you know that was just like mm-hmm. it got me through the thir- next 30 minutes of my life i would much rather watch a show that i absolutely hated because i could like talk about why i hated it and it challenges just, yeah you, it yeah. challenges me like okay what could i have done differently kind of thing then uh just thought okay this was okay kind of thing or that was mediocre and you talked a little bit about your thought process as far as like the actors thinking of things a certain way what would you say is your directing style particularly for this one because of course it varies yeah, play varies, to play. yeah. Um, you know, my directing style, particularly for this was to, I like the organic feel of theater. I like the organic feel of, um, watching people on stage and seeing what people are. So I use this word, um, I floated this word word around called ultra realism and in the world of artistic periods of theater or art, I like to think it's like a mesh between naturalism and realism. In the sense that, like, I'm okay with the actors laughing on stage. I'm okay with the actors, you know, using this, you know, using their cell phones, even maybe even responding to a text message because that's how we react in real life. Like, you know, life isn't clean. Life isn't beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm, I, and this might sound weird, but this was an example I gave to the actors. Is like, I'm okay with you guys farting on stage or burping on stage or having your back towards the audience. Um, but at the same time, I, I, you know, I think that a lot of people would get bored, including myself, watching somebody. St- like change on stage for 20 minutes or, mm. you know, do something kind of like sit there and watch a dinner scene happen for you know a long period of time. And it's not even written the play. So why would you kind of add that kind of thing? So we kind of are mixing the worlds of uh, realism and naturalism together and blending them as best as we can. Um, and then we're putting in 2017, like this play. Um, one of the things that one of my artistic visions is, you know, as you know, as a lover of theater, theater is <laughs> dying. If you know, if, like especially regional theaters and plays, musicals everybody loves, but uh, theater and plays in particular are kind of yeah. Straight plays are having a rough time. Straight sure. plays are having a rough time for sure. So I'm trying to make this play uh, relatable and uh, specific to uh, 18 to 22 year olds living in Gainesville, Florida, that are college students. You yeah. know, I, you know, my that's my target audience. So I think one of the biggest do, uh, one of the biggest things I can do for that is put it into 2017. Um, also, one thing that I've been working with the idea and I've been challenging myself with is the idea that um, 
I don't think I've ever seen a movie or seen a play or musical or whatever and not known I was in a play or musical or watching a movie. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not like, oh, wow, like, this is real life, you know? And I think that a lot of uh, theater goers and movie makers are like, we need to make sure that uh, the audience has suspended that disbelief or, yeah. you know, uh, they, you know, they kind of, okay, that's... So one thing that we're doing is really interesting is when we have our set changes... We're having, you know, the crew come out and not in the normal blacks, like trying to be hidden. We're just coming out in normal clothes, 2017, whatever they have in the closets, and moving the set around. Because that's, everybody knows we're in the theater. Everybody knows we're watching the show together. So I'm kind of like working with that idea. That's not an original idea. That's Quentin Tarantino's idea. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of stealing that and seeing what I can do within uh, the Black Box Theater over at the Phillips Center. So I'm really excited to see how that turns out and see what the response is for that, too. Yeah, I, it's always interesting whenever I see a show, that's one of the number one things I look for is, like, one, set changes in general. But, like, how did they work in the transitions and what was their purpose? So I always try to guess. And so for that, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's like, oh, well, you're seeing a show. This is what's happening. And this, in this, it almost adds to, like, the reality because they're dressed just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. They're people just like everyone else. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Um, but what I'm always most interested in from a directorial perspective, because I always ask, is how did you go about connecting this whole other world of lights and, and sound and the set with your vision for the show? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as a director, and I can only talk like as you know me and what I did in this circumstance. So, uh, and I've done this a few times before. What I do is I write a long email. And I write this email, and, and I'm, after I write that email, I send it to everybody I have. Everybody that uh, joins in or leaves a production team, I make sure I send that same email. And it's just my general artistic vision. And the word I used was ultra-realism, realism too, and another word I used was simple. I wanted simplicity, and uh, not to be confused with minimalism. Mm-hmm. Um, simplicity doesn't mean it's not complicated or complex. It just at least appears simple. Yeah, the idea that it's able to be digested easily exactly. for an audience. Yeah. Exactly. So once I kind of, you know, um, freeballed that idea around to my production team, my scenic designer, my lighting designer, costume designer, whatever, I'm like, hey, okay, so you got my general idea. Take it and go with it now. Like, st- ask me as many questions as you want from the get-go or from, uh, you know, right now. Uh, email me back. Let's have a conversation. Let's sp- Skype, whatever it might be. Um, you can even show me some things that you might have in your mind, but after that, I want you to design because then, um, the cool thing about that is like, not only oftentimes you find yourself, uh, surprised with how good they, how good of a job they take your idea, but then you, you, you're surprised about how your ideas have developed or how it's expanded in their minds. Um, so I love that feeling of like, okay, I gave him the, and then you take credit for it, of course, because oh, you're, you're the you're, director, you're the director, yeah. like, you know, you take, you take none of, you take all the, you take all the credit. So, uh, as soon as they take that idea of being simple or in this case, ultra realistic, and then making these be- beautiful set designs or costume designs or whatever, I'm like, Ooh, I did that, you know? So, but in reality though, like, it's just the idea that they get, you know, I give them the, uh, original seed and they just make into the plant, the beautiful plant that it becomes. So. Yeah, and the cool thing about uh, about that style that I, that I find that I like is that you see such different styles of each thing, but they're all cohesive, right? You know, and so that's where it becomes your your job, though, is to go, oh, okay, you ran with it; it looks awesome. Let's take these things and make them a little different so that they make sense with this thing. Yeah, and and then you, of course, you take the credit. You also give the credit back whenever right. possible. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's kind of me just messing around, but uh, no, absolutely. I mean, and that's not to say that every 
few days I talk to my design, especially this week, I'll be talking to them every day as mm-hmm. much as I can about uh, certain things. But um, they're definitely always checking it up with me. I was like, hey, is this direction? And I always give the okay. Or, you know, I'm, I'm very, in that respect, I'm very um, kind of uh, engaged in the process, but I try not to be overpowering or be like, no, I want this instead of this. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, let, let's think about this kind of thing. So um, I think that that's a better, that's a good way to live life in general. But I think that also is a, a really good artistic thing because more, you know, I, I find that it's in every art form, um, every art form is a collaborative process or it can be, but I think theater is like the art form that's exclusively like you have to collaborate. So I think that's a, good, a great way to be a collaborative artist is to uh, have that mentality about things. Yeah. And, and ultimately it comes down to the end product, you mm-hmm. know, like everyone's working as hard as they can to make boom, those moments, yeah. you know, it's always, it's always interesting to, uh, see what happens because yeah, it's all about the end product. And sometimes what you think is a good end, end, end product is not as what, you know, people might not like that. And, uh, and that's, that's always heartbreaking, but then in a weird way, <laughs> you hope that they don't necessarily, as we were talking before, you hope that they don't like dislike it. You just hope they like it for what another reason. Yeah. You know, so that's always nice. Um, it's interesting as a director because, uh, well, I, I come from like more of a, th- a film and TV background, mm-hmm. but it's a very similar thing, uh, especially with what you said before about, oh, everyone gives credit to their director. It's like, there's this huge film, right? Mm-hmm. Tons of lights, tons of cameras and everything. And everyone goes, oh man, Michael Bay did a really good job. Or, you know, like, oh yeah. great, Christopher Nolan did a great job. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They did a good job helming it all, but everyone else did right. a good job. So I get that idea. And I that's why it's like, oh no, the Christopher Nolan would be like, oh no, it was him and him and right. him. So you get those two perspectives on director. Um, but I think the interesting thing about what you're saying is like you hope it's a positive response or even if it's a negative response, you're hoping that they were engaged with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the the hardest thing as a director is getting over not catering to your audience enjoying the show, but but more focusing on the audience understanding what you were trying to get them to understand. Absolutely. Yeah. I used to do this thing when uh, in the last few shows I've directed where um, I would just create a hashtag and I'm like, hey, guys, like. Uh, tweet out Facebook, Instagram, just tell us why why you like it, why you don't like it. And we I want to hear it. Like, if you hate it, tell me. Like, I want to know. Um, and so, you know, I was more, and I was pleased when you checked with, like, the statistics on the hashtag. I was more pleased to see, like, the numbers up than, like, I'd rather see a lot of, like, oh, that sucked than just no <laughs> hashtag, you know, hashtags yeah. at all. But, you know, you know, I think that that was an interesting thing. A director once told me, I'm an actor, a director once told me that never become a, never become a director. Because although we're in the world of, you know, the arts or performances, but, you know, the average person, um, what they what they see on the screen is what they see. And it's like, oh, that's the only person doing it. So they only look at the actor, right? So the director always, so they said don't do it because the director gets all the blame and none of the um, glory, you know, none of the mm-hmm. applause. Because if a show's good, uh, you know, a movie's good, it's because, uh, oh, the actor was so beautiful. Oh, the actor was so perfect. <laughs> but then when it's bad, I was like, oh, it's the director's fault. So. See, it's funny, though, because it's like uh, inside baseball-wise, we that, that's the, the identification. Anyone who's in the arts industry is like, wow, great job. You really brought all these things together. And usually anyone else who's in it's like talks to the actor, sure, but like the director is the one they go straight yeah. to. Whereas the audience is just like, man, so-and-so was really, really good. good. Yeah. So it's funny that we can see both perspectives as an audience member and somebody involved. Right. Um, just the last thing I always have everybody do this is uh, why should they go see the show? If they have a little bit of free time this weekend, mm. they could go take a ride on the bike, on a bike, you know, go to the park or something. What What makes them, what should make them go see this over uh, something else? 
Absolutely. Well, first off, it's free. And this is one of the very few opportunities you get to see, you know, free professional level theater uh, in North Central Florida. Um, so absolutely, you should definitely come see it. Um, you know, if, if not only because it's free, but also it's entertaining. It's funny. You'll laugh till you cry and you'll cry to your laugh. It's meaningful. <laughs> and it's also a really, um, it's a really contemporary piece of uh, theater, which, you know, compared to, you know, if, if, Shakespeare bores you if, you know, uh, <laughs> if Greek plays or what what you would think is like the classic theater idea, get that out of your brain, come see this play. And if you like that kind of stuff, then you're going to love this even more. So, uh, you know, if you hate theater because it's boring because of the Shakespeare and the Moliere and the, the things you've heard before. <laughs> oh, Moliere. Yeah. Forget about that. You want to come see this. And if you like that, even more of a reason you want to come see that. So I think that, um, yeah, especially, especially if you're, uh, you're into a good time and you're into in, into seeing some really funny antics. Uh, this is a play for you. Awesome. Well, uh, I got to tell you, I always ask that question. I'm sold generally because I love theater. Right. But I always want to see like the person who's like, ah, oh, my friend invited me to this thing, but there's a party. I want them to understand the perspective of like, no, this is an experience that's valuable and it's free. Yeah. So, And that's my number one thing. I ha- Every time I have the Florida players in, you guys know it. I say, I've ne- one, I've never been to a production of the Florida Players that I was disappointed in, mm. which is rare for me, right. which is weird, because I can tell you I've seen a couple UF productions that uh, I was disappointed sure in. Sure thing. So that's a big gold star in the Florida Players, but also it's free, guys, so there's really no excuse unless you're out of town for the whole weekend, or you have something really, really important to do, to just go check this out and experience it. Yeah, you and, if you're, and if you're a college kid... It's a short play. It's you won't be bored uh, because you know if you're one of those people that doesn't like sitting through a two-hour movie or two-hour play, it's a lot less than two hours, and um, it'll be done before the the party even starts. Uh, <laughs> and if you're not a college student and uh, you don't like to party, it's perfect time because it's at seven thirty in the evening. Uh, you can get some um, uh, dinner before, or if you come to the afternoon shows, you can grab some lunch before, and it'll be done before. Wait, it'll be done before your next meal. And if even if you're coming Sunday night, it'll be done before the Oscars turn on. Uh, done before your bedtime. Done yeah. before your bedtime, for sure. So That's the sale. See it. Yeah. The sale is it'll be done before the party starts or it'll be done before your bedtime. Oh, so yeah. Easy. Be sure to check out, uh, again, that was MF with a hat, Florida Players production that's going to be this weekend. There's a Friday night show, a Saturday night show, and a Sunday night show, and then two matinees uh, on Saturday in the afternoon and Sunday in the afternoon. Uh, I'm hearing that we will have the pleasure of a talk back if we go to the Saturday night or Sunday matinee show. So if you want to hear more from the director himself, be sure to show up to those. Again, floridaplayers.org for tickets. They're free. Go on and reserve them. And honestly, if you if you don't know yet which show you can go to, there have been several times I've had to go to a show last minute. There are almost always there's almost always room on the standby list that will get you in to see the show. Absolutely. So be sure to show up. When in doubt, they'll try to get you in. And it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you mention the FloridaPlayers.org? Uh, yeah, FloridaPlayers.org for tickets. I mentioned it, but it can't hurt to mention again. Yeah, there it? you go. And there are plenty of tickets. So, and, But as you said, yeah, show up. If you just want to come five minutes before the show, there'll definitely be, there'll hopefully be space for you. So, Okay, Squatary Theater, Phillips Center. See you guys there. All right, always great to have the Florida players involved with Art Things Considered. As I said before, please go support local theater, and it's free, so there's no excuse. Moving on, there are a couple other shows this weekend, if that's not quite your cup of tea. The Who's Tommy is still running at the ART, Across Town Repertory Theater. It'll be running through March 5th, so be sure to check that out. And Becky's new car opens this weekend at The Hip. I uh, <laughs> I read the description of this show, and, and all I can say is uh, it's worth going to the Hip website for. So yeah, we have three shows this weekend. Uh, we have MF with a Hat for the Florida Players, Who's Tommy 
running at the ART, and then Becky's new car at the hip. So if you're looking for something to do this weekend and you have a student discount on all of these plus free for one of them, so that makes it a little more obvious maybe what you should choose this weekend. But be sure and go out and support your local theater. And uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and move on to what I'm personally super excited about, a certain topic over there with Sabrina. Woot, woot. Okay. <laughs> so I know I usually talk about like scripted television and whatever, but live TV deserves a lot of recognition too. And there's one event in particular that I literally wait longer and anticipate more than any other event on TV ever. <laughs> and I think it's like more exciting than my birthday. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> Wow. It's the Oscar. That is high praise. More exciting than your birthday. Yeah, because I don't know. I think the buildup around it is like, oh, like there is a lot of buildup. I got to tell you, the articles make it fun. Like especially the yeah. ones where it's like the directors of two different nominated movies do an interview together, like talk oh about yeah, or like the Hollywood Reporter does like a round table, yeah. yeah, and it's just like oh here's an hour of stuff for and me then to you watch it, to. yeah, yeah <laughs> or like watch or whatever. For me to get pumped back. <clears throat> for me exactly. to lose an hour of homework time on, yeah. yeah. Who's yeah. Uh, who's hosting? Uh, it's Jimmy Kimmel. <gasps> yes. So Jimmy Kimmel is hosting the Oscars First time hosting this Sunday. Yeah, which I thought was surprising because ABC usually tries to get someone in-house yeah, to do it. Yeah, just like CBS did with uh, Corden. Right. And then uh, and it makes sense for him. He also he always did like a post-Oscars show, so I feel like maybe that's Last why. Last year was when um, Ben Affleck and, um, shoot, what's his name? From The Martian. Um, Matt, Damon. Matt Damon they both came on the show I'm pretty sure last year yeah and like uh, Jimmy Kimmel has a funny, funny yeah. bit with Matt Damon it's, for yes, those of you exactly. who don't know it's because Jimmy Kimmel started off his career as like a D-list celebrity interviewer and he would always be like oh my apologies to Matt Damon we couldn't get him on the show <laughs> and then it kind of can, like it continued as this like joke between the two of them and then he like I don't know. It was always like, oh, my apologies to Matt Damon. My apologies the to Matt Damon. The hilarity of it is it's carried over as Jimmy Kimmel has actually become a viable person. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like they still have this like feud or whatever. Oh, they're totally Even yeah, like though one they're time, both A-list celebrities. One time Matt Damon like quote unquote kidnapped him and took over the show. <laughs> yeah. So Another time like they have this whole running joke about him sleeping with Jimmy's girlfriends slash wives. Like mm. the latest bit they did was that the, Jimmy Kimmel's baby's Matt Damon's. It's not even his. Matt yeah. Damon's been on that show way too much lately. Uh, no, good. he's on it all the time. Like in a good That's way. That's why but it's like so it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the best is when they do the um, Gentleman's Club. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Damon shows up at the end. But you got to watch it. Watch the Gentleman's I mean, Club. That's yeah. a good I one. think my personal favorite was when he came on as Tom Brady after the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was That's so good this year. So good. Yeah, because he's from Baston. He's so. from Baston, yeah. yeah. And the, no, no, no. My favorite. There are too many. But my favorite is when Ben Affleck sneaks him in his suit. Oh. That was last that year. That was yeah. last year after oh, the Oscars. That was yep. just hilarious. So there was one time where he, like, at first finally came on the show. And then they had to, like, end it and then matt damon like blows up and starts like it's cursing really great, it's yeah. so funny i still can't tell if that was like real or, or fake, fake. Yeah. i don't know it was well done though youtube it guys that's yeah. the, so, the moral yeah. of the story moral of the story youtube it i'm so sad matt damon isn't nominated for like a move Man, like for an, like a know, leading like, actor he might use him for skits in the, sh- in oh, the show i'm sure he will that would yeah be him awesome. and Affleck for sure yeah just from the opening act mm-hmm. or opening yeah, opening act? The opening number. Opening number. number something. There we go. Yeah. Okay, that sounds a little so, Theater girl. Yeah, yeah, so I'm really excited about it. I'm. No one's ever going to be a better host than Ellen to True, me. when she uh, gave out pizza honestly, that year. <laughs> like, that was, Last year was, that was an amazing year. Last year was one of the best years for the Oscar in ter- Oscars in terms of uh, 
Or not? Like, that was two years ago, right? That was two years ago. That was because Jimmy two years ago. Because Chris Rock was last year. Chris right? Rock, Rock was because it was last Oscars. Year. Why so white? And it was ironic. Oh, oh, yeah, so that the good. host yeah. was not white. That was Chris Rock made blood. so many good jokes that year, though. He did. Oh, so he did. Um, was Ellen three years ago? I think she was two. I or think she was right she before was Chris. Because didn't. I think it was her. Yeah, it, it was, was two, two it years, was two years ago. ago. And then, oh my god, because she did the huge celebrity selfie. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that. Oh my god, but the year that um, Anne Hathaway and James oh, Franco that did was it, horrible. Oh, that was so bad. I felt so bad for Anne Hathaway. I like, didn't. I didn't feel bad at all. Oh, I thought they were way underprepared and they made a major mistake doing it. Oh, yeah. I thought so too. I I like. I like Anne Hathaway. I just I don't know why they picked them. Why the would they pick them? That of was them such a weird team That's up. Such like, a, yeah. If they should have done like. Like Anne Hathaway's funny and she can do funny stuff when she is giving the proper comedic like partnership, material, I feel yeah. like, and material. Yeah, but James Franco's just No, it was just <laughs> he's all like, No, let the kids pairing. represent themselves. They also you just know? don't make sense together in general. No, that's yeah. what yeah, it's like asking Chris Pratt to host, but except he'd be more entertaining. So that's True. actually a bad comparison. Yeah. And like some other random celebrity. Yeah. So, you know who actually is a really good host too? Um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's a good host. He had a great I loved opening number. Alec Baldwin oh, hey and Steve Martin. We have to actually talk it. about these yeah, awesome. right. we do. We do. You're right. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, sorry. I'm going next to next be... episode. We'll talk about who our favorite hosts are from the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> like... So um, I'm going to be making a bit of Oscar predictions. It's kind of nerve wracking to make it to such a huge audience, but. <laughs> I like to pride myself on having a pretty good track record. I am 11 for 13. Wow. Really? Yeah, I've been doing it since I was like, like 11 in third for grade. 13. I started with 2003, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and that swept. So I was really happy. Uh, how do you quantify being 11 for 13? Like, do you have because to get a certain you started percentage with that right? Movie. Or? Oh. Um, it's just after like. 13 years of predicting. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, like, I, a whole year is a lot of categories. Are you just doing Best Picture? Oh, no, or? Best Picture. Oh, okay, yeah, that's Because that's, yeah. that's... All of that's them. A, like, Matt, child she prodigy. Knew every category for 11 <laughs> yeah, years. She got it. <laughs> that's like... Uh, yeah, and I'm really annoyed because the last two... Like, the only two that I've missed are the last two years. Aww. So, it's been What annoying. did you say last year? So she's on a losing streak. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I am, though. Nope, so, not anymore, guys. We're going to um, bring it back up. <laughs> bring it, yeah. So, and it pisses me off even more because my boyfriend got them right. And oh. it's like, if anyone Rivalry. I didn't want yeah. to get He's it right is like. juju. I know. That's what I told him. It's like, it's not a coincidence that I've gotten the past years wrong if we've been dating for two years. Like, you've been <laughs> sucking out my ability to, to predict. predict. Yeah. So, uh, folks. Uh, we'll be taking bets at a P.O. Box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, a betting pool, basically. Yeah, the the ratio is uh, Moonlight has 5%. Uh, La La Land, 45%. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the over-under yeah. is looking like... A... So, um, I think La La Land's going to win, but only because Hollywood's obsessed with it. And the artist won in a similar fashion, so I don't see it yes, not happening. Yes. Um, so, last year... Spotlight one. I was so glad Spotlight won. Were you not happy? No. What was was your pick? I picked The Revenant to win. Oh, no. The Revenant was garbage, man. I still haven't seen Spotlight. It's on Netflix, right? The thing is, is like, probability wise, I get you, though. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like, Spotlight was such a back burner that I was like, (laughs) this, there's no way this movie is going to win. You want to hear something crazy? It did. What? I I predicted that last year, and I predicted. 85% 85% of the categories correct. 
That's really good. I got all the foreign ones wrong. <laughs> so, folks, oh, get your get your why. bets in. We're gonna do a, a Matt side. Uh, Sabrina side. Matt v Sabrina. Yeah. Matt mm-hmm. v Sabrina for yeah. But uh, we, this year we both agree that we think. Yeah, I mean, La La Land if it doesn't it. win, I'll be shocked. The thing is, is that like, um, when you get nominated for all a bunch of categories, you may not sweep like. Return of the King style, mm-hmm. Return of the King, because that won thirteen. Yeah, which is Oscars, yeah. and it was nominated for thirteen. I think they'll win Best Score. I think they'll win Best Script, and I think they'll win Best Director. But that may be why they lose Best Picture. So we'll see. I don't know. The director is going to be the thing, though. If they win Best Director, I don't think they'll win Best Film. I don't why? think they'll win both because it, a lot of the times in the Oscars, there tends to be like, okay, we'll give the director. The Oscar because we didn't think that the movie overall was better than this one movie, but mm-hmm. that movie was the best. You know, I kind of agree with you. Like, I, yeah, Spotlight won last year because they were like that movie needed to be made. It was made. That's and it was true. great. But then they give the director of a different. See, film but I don't think Damien Chazelle will win Best Director. I don't I either, think which is why I think Jenkins. La La Land will win. Yeah. So. So anyway, so here we go. So Best Picture, La La Land. Best actor in a leading role. Everyone's pushing for Casey Affleck, but I think it's going to be Denzel. I actually don't think Casey Affleck can win. Really? Not what? Not after all the bad press he's gotten lately. Oh, about potentially. Yeah, about a lot supposedly, of supposedly. Yeah. Right. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, you potentially, supposedly, what? Uh, look it um, up. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it either. And it's, which it's, movie? It's, it's alleged. Not, stuff, it's, it's alleged. So. Which movie was he in? Um, Casey Affleck, he was in Manchester by the Sea. Manchester by the Sea. Oh, okay. See, but the thing is, I don't think Oscar voters really care about that as much. Maybe now they do. I think that would be a reason not to give him the Oscar. Because they nominated him. But I think that'd be a reason to be like... That's true. "Mm, This person was just as good. But the thing is, not even that, but like his... the Screen Actors Guild, Denzel won. So I'm I'm like, okay. I don't don't know why Denzel would win, though. Like, he was good. He was very good. Mm -hmm. But I think... I think someone else deserves it, to be honest. I just don't think his performance was, like, win-worthy. Personally, like, it's really hard for me to separate, like, how much I I loved a movie with when making predictions because, Mm -hmm. like, I need to be objective. But I think Andrew Garfield was amazing in Hacksaw Ridge. Someone else told me they think Andrew's going to win. He's not going to win. Really? Guaranteed. I don't think he's going to win either. He can't win because nothing can win this year for that film in a major way. They just can't. He, this is like Mel Gibson's limp back in. So he can't win awards. He'll get nominated. But I don't think he'll win anything. And Andrew Garfield definitely can't win. <laughs> He's just like not with that role and not with that movie. Although I thought he was great. Like mm-hmm. I didn't see the movie. I thought he did a very good job in terms of like I, I, I watched trailers. <laughs> I saw his accent. Like I thought he was doing I just can't watch that movie because I can't watch a Mel Gibson movie. But Right. <sighs> And as upsetting as it is to me that that's his limp back into the industry because I just, there are talks of him directing huge films for like Marvel or DC and I'm just like, oh. Yeah, I don't think he'll get there. Fingers I don't. Crossed. I don't think he'll. But I do, um, I do feel bad for Andrew Garfield because I think he, he deserves some nods for that role, especially how I mean, like, he got a nomination, so that's yeah. a nod in itself. It is a nod. But anyway, so back to the point. Who do you think will win outside Denzel of Denzel? Or, mm. You don't have a, a another front runner. I think it'll be if it's not Denzel, it'll be Casey Affleck. Hi. Right. Yeah, and then for female, I'm pretty sure Emma Stone has got it in the bag. Who are the other nominees for that? Natalie Portman, 
Um, for what? She's not going to win. For Jackie. Yeah. That was the next person that I thought could really do it. But I saw Jackie. She'd have to be a sleeper because that movie wasn't that huge. Even in the award circle. It was just like, oh, that was a good story, you know? Eh, she was really great at it, though. Like, she was really good at bringing out, like, Jackie Onassis and everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, even her mannerisms and everything. So, That's I think fair. that. And plus, the Oscars love to award bio flicks. Yeah. They love it. They I eat mean, it up. Like, freaking oh, Eddie Redmayne winning. <laughs> yeah. the oh. <laughs> All he, he was did good? was sit in a chair. Oh, I thought he was Sorry. really good. Oh, um, whatever. I mean, that's true. That is usually how it sleeps in, though, is by from a biopic. Mm-hmm. So that's possible. So Meryl Streep is also nominated. She's for not four, It's like, why? She's nominated every year. Why? For what? I don't understand. Like, what, what, She was nominated for, for Florence, Florence Jenkins, Fos- right? Florence yeah. Foster Jenkins. Yeah. And it's like, uh, okay. I don't no even, one watched. Who watched this movie? I don't even movie? remember hearing about that movie. I was going to say for a second, I was like, "Was she nominated for Ricky in the Flash?" Like, <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. <laughs> she was nominated last year for Ricky in the Flash. That's She's that old. Been nominated Think about a it. Years in These a row. people have been voting for her since freaking 1979. It's crazy. Kramer versus Kramer. So it's like, okay, Ugh, let's. But just they're not going to give her an award. No, they're, they're not. just going to keep nominating her. I mean, that movie looked good. It had Hugh Grant, and like it looked like my kind of movie, but it didn't look like an Oscar award winner. So Let surprised. me tell you who should have been nominated in this category and who should win, but they weren't, and that's Amy Adams in Arrival. I know. I'm really and sad about it. that would have been my pick, but because she's not nominated, I'm saying the strongest candidate is going to Emma Stone. She won the SAG Award. I mean, Emma Stone's going to win. Yeah. But so. I mean, that's, that's just what it is. Yeah. All right. So next category, uh, actress in the leading role or a supporting role is probably going to go to Viola Davis. Um, actor in a supporting role will be, um, I hope I'm saying this right, but Marshala uh, Ali. Marshala Ali, yeah. Yeah, from Moonlight. From Moonlight, yeah. Yeah. No, if he doesn't win, I'll, that's what I'll be upset about. Yeah, I mean, Dev Patel and Lion, though, I heard that was amazing. I heard it was really good, but, like, that story mm-hmm. is so hard. And he did such a good job. Like, that's I'll true. I'll be really upset. All right. Not let's... to say that, like, Lion wasn't a, an inspiring story, but I'm saying, yeah. like, telling Moonlight... Like being in that mm-hmm. in that way is hard for yeah. an actor, and I think he deserves it more. But we'll see. We'll see. I think he's gonna win. Yeah. Um, directing, as I mentioned earlier, I think we'll go to Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Mm-hmm. The only other person that I could see it going to is, um, well, what are the, who are the nominees? <laughs> it's a uh, Dennis Villeneuve for Arrival, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, La La Land, Damien Chazelle. I don't know who directed Manchester by the Sea. It's just saying the movie mm-hmm. here. And then Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. So all of those are really strong movies. And, but uh, Damien's not going to get it to us because he's too young. They just won't give it to him because they're going to be ageist. Based on who's voting. you got to think about who's That's voting. That's true. But I wouldn't be surprised if Arrival won just because Me they didn't either. get any other nods. Well, and his got, direction was really good. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if he'll win director because he's still really new. Mm-hmm. But it's a rival. Okay, so for directing, I think uh, um, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Yeah. But cinematography, the categories are pretty much the same, except it's Arrival, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, and Silence. I think Arrival will win. That's the strongest one in there, actually. I would say. Yeah. Because La La Land had some serious, like, my, like basic issues in cinematography, even mm-hmm. though they went for like a crazy style. The only thing is that, like. 
with the colors, I feel like they might be, oh, like, this is so different, blah, blah, or just, like, very that vibrant. Was costume. I think if they don't win for costume design, then that's a sin. But I don't think they'll win for cinematography. Because it's completely two different styles. So, like, one's really bright and vibrant and really saturated. The other one's very muted. And But I think Arrival is beautiful. The only other... So I really think it's a toss-up between Arrival, La La Land, and Moonlight. I don't think Silence or Lion have a chance against those power three but officially i'm gonna go with arrival i love the movie cinematography mm-hmm. the light was beautiful the lighting was really well done very beautiful and uh the guy who did the cinematography is like super young he is super young. super young i watched this like behind the scenes thing that they played after the movie and it was just like wow this it's really really cool and yeah. that'd be I mean, so the director is cool. not super old either yeah, yeah he's he's not he's just i think this is like his third movie that's like in english <laughs> so True. but okay so yeah costume design allied fantastic bees and where to find them floris foster jenkins jackie la la land la la land will probably take that um animated feature film this is a rough category honestly this yeah is the one I'm, flipping oh, I'm nervous yeah about this so, one and from a boy land i'm nervous about these two right so mm-hmm. kubo moana my life as a zucchini no the red turtle and zootopia for me, it's between Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, and Zootopia. And Zootopia. Agreed. Well, I I think Moana will win though. I think I think I think it's gonna come down to either Zootopia or Moana. I actually think Kubo could be the, the, the black horse. I think so too. <laughs> Kubo coming up from the Cause, back because it's the Kubo most is, sophisticated of all those. Yes, and Oscars I like think that. So too. So we'll see. I think so too. But I'm gonna officially say Zootopia. Really? Yeah. I think. Uh, you know what? I gotta I gotta separate myself for a minute because <laughs> like I think Moana is a better movie, but I think the Oscars might appreciate Kubo and Zootopia more than Moana because Moana is really basically just a Disney movie. Nah, I'm putting my money on Moana. Lynn all the way, baby. Lynn all the way. <laughs> well, Lynn, I think will win Best Song for. I hope it's so. well. It's City of Stars also got nominated too, and right? the audition song. Yeah. So, so my friend Rose. Is totally convinced. She's like, I don't think he's gonna win. I think it's gonna go to La La Land. I was like, shut your mouth. I mean, she's probably right though. No. Uh, anyway, we, we need to kind of wrap this up. Okay, a little so bit. now I'm just gonna talk about uh, original screenplay, La La Land. Uh, it's not even like a category. <laughs> and then, uh, but that's original screenplay. Adapted screenplay is the hard screenplay category. I know this it's year weird because it's Arrival, Fences, Hidden Figure, Lion, and Moonlight. Those are all amazing stories. I don't know what could win like i gotta tell you i honestly I think, don't know i think only because it's not gonna win that many other categories hidden figures might get the nod i was that. thinking the i same was thinking thing. that too my money was either on hidden figures or moonlight that's what i was thinking too i was i was kind of just like those are the two clear winners in terms of other awards influencing them you know mm-hmm. and i think that at the very least if moonlight's not gonna win something else that's what they'll win I think so too. It would just be such a shame if Hidden Figures didn't win anything. Yeah. But also, like, I don't know, because that's the thing is like over the past two years, it's always been like I didn't think it was a strong storytelling year. Mm-hmm. The past this year, year was the strongest, in and a then while. this year was just all the movies were amazing. I wasn't disappointed with anything I saw. I didn't come out being like, oh my god, I can't believe I wasted my money on that. Yeah. You know, last it was year was like, rough, honestly. Last year was really bad. 
<laughs> I mean, the year before that, at least we had Whiplash. Ugh, like that was a, that was the gem. Yeah, it's just like okay, whatever. Last year was horrible. This year it's so good. So it's like all these are really great stories, and I want them all to win. Like, can we just divide an Oscar into fifths it and just give it to like... them? Just, like the scene from Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, like a piece for you, a piece for Damien Chazelle, like or whatever, uh-huh. like oh, for Oliver. For everybody, but uh, it's just... It's interesting that, like, some years that's, like, a throwaway category, and this year it's the hardest category. It's the hardest category, and people don't get a lot of, like, give a lot of recognition to screenwriting or, you know, anything besides acting. Especially to adapted screenplays. Yeah. 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 But, so, if I had to say a movie, I don't know, because Fences is also, like, really well adapted, but I don't know. I think it's, I'm going to say... Oh God! It's so hard. It's like pick. it's like a like Picking Sophie's choice. Scenes. It's literally <laughs> Sophie's choice. Um, Inserts. Clip I'm of going to say hidden really figures. Crying. I'm going to say hidden figures. I actually, I actually agree with you. Only because yeah. I think Moonlight's getting a different award. La La Land's also going to get other awards. So yeah. I think well, it just comes uh, out La La Land is original. Or not La La Land. Uh, sorry, yeah. uh, Fences. Is what I meant to say. Yeah. So because I think Denzel won. Yep. But finally, the last one I want to talk about. Film editing, just because editing never gets any recognition never. and it's the hardest part of the movie. And if you do your job well, no one's supposed to notice. But anyway, Mini rant so <laughs> Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, La La Land, and Moonlight. I haven't watched Moonlight. I haven't seen what the pacing is like in it I think it Arrival yet. Is, is the but clear choice there. Arrival, I would love for it to win. <laughs> editing like that would make it water to me like i don't even know why it's in that category la la land i actually think there were some editing mistakes so i would say no um moonlight i feel like it's just in there because of the the content editing less than the text so that usually doesn't win the category it's just recognition right so i think that just makes most sense yeah i think the tech editing really should go to arrival and also the sound mixing categories i know it's nominated i think it deserves all of that making me believe that those aliens were speaking a different language <laughs> you deserve all the recognition <laughs> plus i love sci-fi and sci-fi never gets rarely nominated, gets yeah. nominated for these things so it's really exciting except but, when uh, you know the martian last year yeah. yeah but it still like didn't really but like the, much, but yeah. the martian okay the martian like wasn't like alien sci-fi you no, know? Yeah. it was you, like oh nasa futuristic thing but yeah so uh, those are biology. my predictions um, I could fall flat on my face and get all of them wrong. I don't <laughs> think I will. <laughs> uh, but uh, next week we'll, we'll go probably over, revisit yeah. what we got wrong, what we got right, why and just talk uh, about the show in general. Why don't we all fill out a prediction form and bring it next week to show how we did? Oh, that'd be fun. Nico, Nico you on the same <laughs> Nico's way? not about He's like, uh, um, no. What's probably going to happen is I'm going to watch the Oscars, right? And then I'm gonna fill it out. Oh, no, 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 I'd come in as a prodigy. Come back and be like, "Yeah, you guys didn't even know." Timestamp, timestamp necessary. (laughs) Timestamp required. Anyway, uh, moving on then from the Oscars section, which is not so white this year, we're gonna move into the uh, little bit of movie nerd news. Got just a couple things for you this week. Shameless plug. Can't wait for them to be more Latinos in Hollywood. But anyway, (laughs) go ahead. Crossed. So today we got a new Iron Fist trailer. Whoop whoop. Gives a bit more uh, insight and overview of the actual series. Series is set to premiere on March 17th on Netflix. So, you know, 
Get pumped. <laughs> once March 17th comes, you can finish the whole season and then have nothing to watch. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I literally posted, if anybody needs me the 17th through 19th, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I got bad news for you. The magic of binge watching, kids. <laughs> I mean, I just know what happened with Luke Cage. I want to warn people ahead of time that I'm not going to be useful for two days. Oh, God. I, mean, I still have to finish um, season two. I'm I'm behind, so behind on everything. You're not even trying. I I know, but like I'm stuck on episode four of Jessica Jones right now, and I like can't get past that. And I know once I get past that episode, it's gonna get really good. Oh really? But, you're on yeah. four, and it's still not good. I know. Yeah, it just like hasn't really like picked up the pace. I'm just kind of like bored right what, now. What just happened? When did you watch? God, it? I think. Um, she oh, like, spoilers, by the way. Um, Kilgrave. <laughs> she like busted an apartment where she thought Kilgrave was, and he was there, and um. Oh, God, I think there was like, oh, a cop. Oh, and he kills the family. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, it, just like nothing like really exciting has happened yet, you know? It's I think just, the episode after this that I went, oh my God. So yeah. episode five, I think, is the gem. Uh, just get through five. If you hate it, stop watching. Go to the next dare, I just, show. Because like, I, I, like, I want to get through Jessica Jones, then I want to do Daredevil season two, and then Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist. So I will say, if you can't get through Jessica Jones after episode five... Do Daredevil season two and then watch Luke Cage and then go back. Okay. Daredevil season two is very strong. Very very strong. And Luke Cage is even stronger. So. All right. But anyway. Um, Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. And it works out because the 17th is on a Friday. Oh, yeah, no, perfect. no. It's perfect. They did that on purpose. <laughs> Thank you, Netflix gods. <laughs> um, <laughs> in other news, Simon Kinberg is in talks to direct the next X-Men sequel. Which isn't mm. shocking considering his involvement in the projects. Yeah, he uh, he was actually the screenwriter for Apocalypse, Days of Future Past, and he also had a part in Deadpool. Wow. So, you know the real issue. Which is? What's the real issue? Apocalypse. Nah. He wrote it, man. I mean, I didn't see Apocalypse. It was not great. That's the best I can say. I can't say I it was awful. I didn't watch it either. It was just a me- It was like, you remember Spider-Man 3? Oh yeah. god! Just had yeah. too much Lightly going laughs. On. Yeah, it was what about just it? like the plot was ignored. Like the idea that there should be a coherent plot was ignored, was and they just there was an on. emo dancing. You're telling me? As a matter of no. Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's my only thing I think of when I think of Spider. Well, the first thing I think of when I think of Spider-Man Three. That in <laughs> Sandman being like Sandman. <laughs> That whole thing. Sand. And don't forget Topher Grace sand. coming in as Venom. Uh, he was, it's Hello. sad because he wasn't even a bad Venom. Like the Venom was just awful, like the way it was written. Yeah. And then so he looks ridiculous and then every villain's in it and it's just awful. Just it makes that, me sad. Uh, yeah, just that whole mm-hmm. movie. So but yeah, go out and watch Spider-Man 3. It's a great movie. Uh, <laughs> I made but. all my friends watch it for my 13th birthday, and <laughs> probably I was surprised too. I still had friends the next year. I like to watch bad movies with friends, though. Like, I, I Oh, no. I went because I thought it was going to be amazing. Oh, that's rough. I was, oh, I, I was, was like really one of those birthday into... trips where you took everyone to the movie theater. No, it was even worse. Oh, I... <laughs> I made them all watch it at my house. And you couldn't, like... So they could have left, but they everyone felt in the obligated room. to stay. That's nice of them. Uh, yeah. God, so bad. Uh, it was bad. That happened to me. I went to go see... Uh, Do you guys ever see Hay- uh, Haywire? No. no. So it was this movie 
a couple years back. It had Ewan McGregor, a bunch of awesome people. It's this action flick. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and I went to go see it with a bunch of friends on my birthday. <laughs> and it turns out like the female actress that was in it had like all of her lines dubbed by somebody else no. because her voice wasn't what they were looking for, <laughs> but her her body and I, I guess, guess acting I was. guess we'll just dub your voice. And like ADR. Ewan McGregor's in it, but he's like a throwaway character. Right. And it just was so bad. It's so weird. And, I, and then I left and I was just like, I mean, it was great because we've referenced it for years since we saw it. <laughs> right. But you just feel so bad that everyone had to pay to see this movie yeah. with you. Yeah. Promise. At least they didn't have to pay. That's hilarious. So that's nice. the benefit of seeing Spider-Man 3 with you. <laughs> that's but getting true. back to Apocalypse, it's at, at best a C, maybe a C plus. <gasps> I got to tell no. you. And so, that, and the reason... You give it this way, nothing can be worse than the new Fantastic Four movie. That's what I was about to say. How bad oh. is it compared to... Fantastic? I liked the new Fantastic Four movie. Well, not not like because it was good. Opinion. That's awkward. No, no. That's awkward. awkward. Not because it was good. Uh, but I just didn't think... I went in with such low expectations because I went to see it with my girlfriend after it had been murdered by everybody. Like, it was crapped on in the press. It was crapped on on Rot- Rotten Tomatoes. Every podcast I listened to talked about how bad it was. So then when we saw it, we were like, oh, this isn't even that bad. Like... <laughs> I don't know if you guys. Well, we saw were just it. thinking it was gonna it's be like a black screen though. the whole time. It's like, just a, it's like just a blank screen. Um, it, I couldn't finish it because really? it was it just slow so in the middle. Paced. I couldn't even finish the, the trailer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's just talk about that for a second. But uh, anyway, but anyway, Apocalypse not great. If you if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, if you're an X Men completionist, it's worth watching. Otherwise, not really. But what else do have you got for us? Um, well, just to you know, close out on that. No <laughs> sequel has been confirmed yet. So please don't get nervous yet. So just kind of like in the rumor mill? This is just a rumor mill. Yeah, yeah. This this episode of Art Things well, Considered has been sponsored by the rumor mill. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you see those photos where it like compares, um, what's his face who, who plays young Charles? I always forget his name. You know, Mr. Tumnus? Oh, um, James. James McAvoy. James McAvoy. McAvoy. When you go like compare James McAvoy, it's like 1973. <laughs> 1973 to um Patrick Stewart, who's like plays Xavier in like 1980 or something like that. And I was like, oh, those must have been a nasty seven years for Xavier. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Literally, though, he looks so. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Anyways. Um, in other news, um, I, I'm not sure how to say his name. Ewan. Ewan, Ewan McGregor. McGregor. No. No, I said the same thing when he asked me, though. Because <laughs> oh, no. anyone who starts to say Ewan, <laughs> yeah. Ewan, I'm like, Ewan McGregor? No, it's Ian McGregor. Mm. It's, no. no, it's Ewan McGregor. Ewan? Ewan. Ewan. Ewan, um. Ewan Rayon? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones guy. Oh. That's um, all we need. Has been cast as Maximus for the lead of the Inhumans, the live action ABC. Oh, I saw that. And I hate his character in <laughs> Game of Thrones. Okay, but I'm like, I'm willing to like, you know. Eh, don't okay. be willing. All right. Well, well, like, I'm sure, I, I got to tell you, it's the only thing I've seen from Marvel that I don't have any faith in. Well, they mm-hmm. said they said his character um, is described as clever and charming. Okay. Ta- well, his take on Maximus. So, um, Not complete opposite of him in Game of Thrones. Good to know. Good to know. I'm just worried because of all the production trouble that the Inhumans has had that it's just yeah, not going to be good. Yeah, they've had they have had a lot of problems with it. Well, okay, so like I'm confused. Are they even making it a movie? No, they're making a TV um, show. Now. No, it's a TV show. But um, what's going to happen is the first two uh, pilots. Well, it's a two part pilot, and the two part pilot is going to be shown in IMAX theaters. Okay. That comes okay. On September first, then on September. That 26th, seems like a bad sign to me, to be honest. It's really complicated when they said when I was reading it. It was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. So you're going to watch it, 
on September 1st if you're going to the movies. And then on the 26th is when the television show will start. Yeah, I honestly feel like they're just trying to do that in case the show bombs. They still get some some money from the box office revenue because Marvel fans turn out. Yeah. True. But just, it, it's like weird. Like, why can't exactly. you just have like a either make it a movie or make it a TV show fully, one or the other. No, we're doing this new thing. We're going to do a TV movie hybrid. Yeah. Um. So what's going to happen is every uh, eighth episode, we're going to go back to the movies. <laughs> we'll back to the movies. <laughs> we, uh, we heard about the uh, Doctor Who Christmas specials, <laughs> and uh, we want to follow that model. Oh, my so. God. Anyone ever watch a Star Wars Christmas special? Let's let's no. not get into it. Let's cut it off right there. <laughs> uh, anything anything else for us, Nico? I didn't know those existed. Don't watch um, it. Don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> and lastly, filming began on the Star Wars Han Solo anthology. Oh, wow, yeah, wow, I didn't even know it was good next. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm going to talk right? about that. So don't don't. don't oh, not too much. I I, <laughs> I I was just saying it started on February 20th. Uh, the whoop, movie whoop. is set to release May 28th of next year. Listen, if I'm just going to say this. If they do a good job for this Han Solo movie, I have low expectations. I'm not expecting a lot out of it. Okay? I don't. You know I what I am expecting? That's I'm bad because I have Donald high expectations. I was going to say I'm most excited for him. That's yeah, of course. But like, That's all I'm excited. I didn't want this movie. I didn't ask for this movie. But if this movie kills... Y'all better give me my Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, okay? I'm saying it right now. Ewan's up for it. We're all up for it. He's at the perfect age. We all want it. He wants it. You know you want to do it, okay? <laughs> oh Everyone knows he wants it. <laughs> you know it. I'm saying. Know it. Everybody knows. And on that wonderfully odd note, uh, I'll, odd. I'll go ahead and uh, transition into the movie segment. Uh, we have. I'm going to run through the top ten really fast because we are running a little bit long this episode. Lego Batman still number one with another yes. 32 million. Uh, it's on its way to making back tons of money. Fifty Shades Darker another 20 million this weekend. It's uh, 20 I heard it million. got a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's rough. Yeah, I heard it's just a bunch of sex scenes. Uh, the Great Wall opened awful, just awfully like we expected. 18 million in its first weekend. Huge budget. 150 million. It's not making it back. Uh, that's what happens when you're culturally insensitive. John Wick, Chapter 2, in the number four spot, dropped about 46%. This movie's making plenty of its money because it's a low budget. Another $16 million in its pocket. Fist Fight opened this weekend. It makes me sad because I think it's going to be hilarious, but it only opened to $12 million in the number five spot. Hopefully, it's good when I go see it anyway. Was that the one about the teachers? Yes. Okay, that one looked funny. It looks really funny, so Shout I'm hoping it's guy. good. C-Day. <laughs> Yo, C-Day. Uh, I'll let you know when I talk to him this weekend, when I see him in the yeah, movie. That's my guy. Number six, Hidden Figures, seven million. An extra on top of that. It's made, God, it's made so much money off of that, um, compared to its budget anyway. Split, Adds another cherry to the top. <laughs> isn't it nice to have so many cherries on top of that whipped cream? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Split, another uh, Cinderella story in terms of budget versus gross. It's made $124 million, $9 million budget. That's got to make that's M. Night very happy. That's yeah. really good. And then we have A Dog's Purpose, which as much as... It got hurt from all the publicity. It's made money back already. Yeah, because yeah, kids didn't see that video. Well, I mean, so they want to see the movie. It didn't make that much money. It's made like fifty million so far, but its budget was only twenty-two million. So I, I feel like they knew going in they had to keep it low just in case something that's, happened. That's true. Uh, number nine, still just chilling. La La Land with another yes. four point five million this weekend, which is nuts, by the way. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and then number ten, A Cure for Wellness with another four point three or with four point three million this weekend. That one it's looks opening. Scary. 
It looked creepy as heck, but I gotta yeah. tell you, it opened very poorly. Number ten. That's what I was about to say. It just opened. Yeah, number ten with four point three million, forty million dollar budget. I mean, if maybe if it gets good traction, it might be able to make it back, but probably not. All right, opening this weekend, we have Get Out, Jordan Peele's directorial debut. I can't wait for that. I, they actually had a, a, a free showing here in Gainesville, and I couldn't go, and I was so sad. No. But I will gladly give Jordan Peele my money. It looks so good. <laughs> Uh, you can catch trailers online for that, but it's about an interracial couple that visits the, her family in a white town and things don't go oh so well. Oh my God, that one looks so like wax museum type thing to me. You know what I'm saying? You know, like it, it has that vibe. Uh, Collide's o- also opening this weekend. Um, there's not high expectations on it because it had a lot of trouble with switching studios and funding and stuff like that, but it's got an all-star cast, Nick Holt, Felicity Jones, Anthony Hopkins, Ben Kingsley. And it's about an American backpacker who gets involved with drug rings, and uh, he goes Same. on the run. <laughs> Some, you know, cash, cash. It's, it's a casual action movie with a lot of stars, so it'll either be good or eye candy. Uh, lastly, Rock Dog opens this weekend, stars Eddie Izzard, Louis Black, Luke Wilson, and J.K. Simmons, so plenty of nice voices in there. It's an animated film. <laughs> nice voices. Well, it's a vo- it, you know, it's an animated <laughs> film, so there's no acting, really. It's voice acting. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just an, it's an animated film about, uh, when a radio falls from the sky into this Tibetan Mastiff. It's basically an attempt to take a, a Chinese story a, as an animated movie and bring it to American audiences. So it's kind of like testing that theory. Mm-hmm. And lastly, to wrap up this episode of Art Things Considered, I have foregone Matt's thoughts in order to just have a little bit of time to toss in an Erica thought before we wrap up. Aww. So, as I was saying earlier, Han Solo film releases its first cast photo. Han Solo. And it's, uh, <laughs> it started its uh, its filming. I gotta tell you, this photo's been shared like crazy. It's also been memed like crazy. <laughs> People keep saying, like... The cast of so-and-so from this point, and the memes are phenomenal. <laughs> so if you haven't checked it out, check that out. And yeah, it's just really exciting. All the cast together. The photo looks like a big family. I got to tell you, like I, I, that's why I have a little bit more high expectations for this film, because it looks like everyone's having a fun time already. Yeah, which is super exciting. I have high expectations for it. I'm not going to lie. Anything with Donald Glover, you better not give me yeah, subpar. Yeah, the thing is, is like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Because he, I don't see him putting in any effort into a project that he doesn't think will be good. Oh, you know who else is in it that I forgot? Um, Woody, what's his name? Woody Harrelson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Woody Harrelson He's in, in it. it. And also, and, and he'll be good. We have to mention this. Donald Glover just got cast as Simba in the, in the live King, action Lion so King movie, yes, which will be directed yes, by John Favreau, did. who did The Jungle Book. So, I'm oh my excited. God, Isabella, calm down. And they're keeping, um, what's his name? You know, Dark James, James Earl Jones. Jones. Yep, they're keeping him too as Mufasa. Yeah, if you haven't heard about that, go ahead and look it up. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, there's not too much news about it, but the people that they've confirmed for the movie seems pretty awesome. So now they have a Star Wars connection. Yes, yeah, they I do. Know. I was thinking yes, that too. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. solid. Yeah, so pretty awesome. <laughs> We're dropping jewels. <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by uh, Nico's Jewels. Yep. Dropping jewels like crazy. And that's going to wrap up this week's edition of Art Things Considered, where we consider art. Hopefully you enjoyed this slightly longer than usual episode. My name is Matthew Slaza. I'm Isabella Pico. I'm Sabrina Braga. And I'm Nico Williams. And we'll see you next week. Hopefully you didn't fall asleep. Alarm clock.